0: I think it's like a warm feeling inside you and when you just think about your life and just smile with it, and you don't know why, but you just smile when you think about it. I think that today is a moment that everything just feels right because I'm around with friends and I really love my jobs. I really love everything around me, my roommates, my city, my cat, everything, so yeah. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Right Feeling Podcast. Um, Yeah, it's kind of been a while and I feel like I say this, I feel like I've been saying this for all the recent episodes. Um, (laughs) But yeah, to be honest, I've been quite busy with my day job and also just kind of finding my feet again. So yeah, thank you very much for patiently waiting Today is another new episode, obviously. I'm actually joined by one of my oldest friends. Uh, We've gone through a lot in our friendship, and in this episode, we're going to discuss what it means to be a good friend. And yeah, I mean, actually, sometimes it can be difficult to be a good friend, especially when you go through different stages in life. But I hope that you enjoy this more personal episode and I'll check back in with you at the very end. Um, Welcome to the podcast, Brian.
1: Thank you very much, Jane. It's great to hear from you all the way over there.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Hope I wasn't too awkward. It's just, uh, you know, never been on a podcast before.
0: (laughs) Um, Well, I guess just getting into it, Brian, why don't you introduce a little bit about yourself to the audience?
1: Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Brian. I turned 27 last December. Uh, My Zodiac is the monkey, (laughs) fun fact. (laughs) I actually just graduated today from law school.
0: Mm -hmm. And if anybody needs some tax consulting services, how will they contact you? Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) Just a disclaimer, just a disclaimer. (laughs) I just graduated from law school. I am not a full-fledged attorney yet, but I mean, reach out to me in like November or December and... We'll, we'll talk then.
0: And how long have we known each other, Brian?
1: We have known each other since sixth grade. Oh my gosh.
0: That's more than 15 Six, seven, years. Eight. Wait. 15 Is it years?
1: 15 years? <laughs> Is it?
0: Well, when did we start middle school? All like right, Sixth when grade, we were seventh 11, grade, right? eighth
1: grade. Right. Man, okay. You could say 15.
0: Yeah, but we didn't get close until... High school. Mm-hmm. I felt, to be honest, we got really close senior year. So our last year of high school.
1: Yeah, because we were duo partners.
0: For people that don't know what duo is, basically, Brian and I were part of our speech and debate extracurricular activity at our high school. And people might typically think it's something where you give oratory speeches like President Obama. And that's definitely a part of speech and debate. But the part that we were part of was something called interpretation. So we would pick like a story and cut it up in 10 minutes and perform all the characters in a story. And this can be fiction.
1: Yeah, it was a cool thing.
0: (laughs) Well, people traditionally kind of picture that as a very nerdy kind of sport. Like all these TV shows, they always have the speech and debate kids as like nerdy. But I just wanted to highlight that we weren't losers is what I'm trying to
1: (laughs) say. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) We were like outspoken individuals. We weren't afraid Mm. to like express ourselves in creative ways. Exactly. And, and because our
0: school was so good at it, it was like, you know, if your high school is good at football, football's going to be that it sport.
1: We took it seriously. Our school took it seriously. Our team took it seriously. Yeah. I think it's something that I'm still proud of.
0: Yeah, we were on campus to like 10 or 11 sometimes just practicing. Yeah. Huh? I mean, the entire year we had gone to tournaments together. We had practiced on the weekends and we had gone to overnight tournaments together, too. So we had really developed... This kind of trust in one another
1: yeah we did mm-hmm. and i think in order to like really succeed as dual partners you just have to learn about each other like yeah like what buttons to push what buttons not to push
0: <laughs> like how do
1: like encourage each other to like do better
0: for me it really felt like we were almost adopted siblings you know like that's how comfortable <laughs> i was <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah 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 like you yeah. you knew my parents i knew your parents we were like on talking terms with both of our parents you know so Mm -hmm. I don't think we would even be as close of friends as we are today if we weren't speech partners because I feel like back in middle school we were just very very different from each other Mm. I feel like we had different hobbies and interests If we did not get the opportunity to be speech partners at the end of the day, like I don't think that we would even be on this podcast together right now. I don't think that we would still hit each other up. I don't think Mm -hmm. we would still be like going on those hikes and have those long, deep, meaningful conversations (laughs) with each other. So, I mean, I really have to thank speech and debate for bringing us together.
0: Yeah, but I definitely also feel that It was a very particular moment in my mind that clicked in realizing how close we actually were.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: Mm -hmm. For me, to be honest, it wasn't until state quals. So basically, there's a state qualification tournament. And after the tournament, all the final year students, they sit around the room on top of these desks. And we basically just talk to one another and speak to all the younger speech team that are all basically in a mosh pit in the center sitting on the floor. It's just a way of us, like the older people to say goodbye to the younger people and Mm -hmm. also say goodbye to each other. Even though we still had like six months left of school, I think, or maybe like five months left. But I remember I was near the beginning, so I said my piece, but then you were near the end. And then when you started to talk about your experience with all these younger kids and that was great. And then you're like, and Jane (laughs) and then you just started crying Brian because okay to let everybody know it's a very emotional environment at that time because everyone's kind of saying goodbye and people who have been on the team for you know three or four years it's quite emotional when you've gone through so much with everybody you know yeah and basically I don't remember exactly what you said but I just remember feeling really touched in realizing how important I was to you like because Obviously, we generated so much trust with each other, but until you said those words, I didn't realize how much I meant to you, you know? And to me, that meant a lot because then I realized what we had, you know? And I mean this in a friendship way because to be honest, I never had romantic feelings for you, despite what anybody would, you know, think. <laughs> and it's the same for you, you know? Because it's the same I re-
1: for me. The feeling I- is mutual. <laughs>
0: I just feel that our friendship is so special. Like, I have a few friends that I have this special relationship with. Yours is really one of the ones that have come with me through my years. Mm -hmm. But that's why I wanted to talk about friendship and how to be a good friend. We've been friends for nine years now. Even though we've known each other for longer, Mm -hmm. but we've been living in different countries. We don't always keep in contact, but when we actually catch up and see each other, it's like no time has passed, right? Even though so much has passed in between. So I think we've seen each other in different stages in our life. Yeah. Okay, well, there was one point actually where I decided, "Eh, I don't know if I want to be your friend anymore.
1: (laughs) Oh man, what was this, Jane?
0: Uh, that was the f- your first year of uni. Oh, when was that freshman at, year
1: of college?
0: Yeah, when you're at UCLA and you were part of that fraternity and you became this frat boy and <laughs> you were just such a jerk. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> oh, do I no. really want to be friends with this guy, you know? And so we didn't talk your freshman year after I visited. Yeah. And then I think at some point I just messaged you or something because I was thinking about you. And then that was a year later and we actually caught up. And I realized that Mm. you changed, like you weren't such a douchey frat guy (laughs) anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, like coming from high school, which is like a tiny little bubble into Mm. like a large university, you sort of lose a hold of like who exactly you are at the end of the day, right? There's just like so many groups of people, different types of people in college, and you're sort of finding your steady ground. And so, when I joined a fraternity, it was like, hmm, what sort of, what sort of face should I put on?
0: Mm.
1: I was definitely still immature coming into college as a freshman. You're just exposed to a lot of things, and you're trying to see, like, oh, what sort of face you should put on so mm. you get, like, the most acceptance from your peers. And so I guess part of joining a fraternity was... I guess I portrayed myself as a douchebag to you, I guess.
0: (laughs) I mean, I think for me, it was because I had such a high standard for you in Mm. that I felt that you were such a good guy and I just expected better in that I didn't think you would fall so low as to, I guess.
1: I think nonchalant.
0: Yeah. Putting everything aside
1: as if like, it didn't really matter.
0: Yeah, but I I know that you actually really care. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that was what was so jarring for me because I just expected better of you. But also that's very unfair on my part, right? Not letting you grow and not letting you you go through those experiences to kind of realize and discover who you are. Um, But I think it was just because I felt like the Brian that I know today is also the same Brian that I knew in senior year of high school. You're also different now, but the core of who you are has been the same for me. And I felt like that first year of university, the the Brian that I experienced there, like that core identity that I felt that was you wasn't there, you know? Mm. And I just felt very disappointed in in that because I just felt like you're such a good guy. And I also didn't want to push that on you, you know? So I think I was also trying to find my balance between how do I tell him that he's being an utter dick and like how do I also be a supportive friend and then I just realized you know what I'm just gonna back off for now and then Mm. like a year later you came around on your own so
1: (laughs) yeah I, I sort of see it the development of your identity you have a core set up right but then you keep having like these shells develop around you and then as you like go through the course of of like heartbreak successes failures and like as you go through the courses of figuring out what's truly what's truly truly valuable to you at the end of the day then you sort of make adjustments you sort of break down the shells that you thought was important to you back in the day but is not so important to you now Mm -hmm. because you have a better understanding of your values Mm. and so i think that's i think that's That was my experience um, going from freshman year in college to like sophomore year, junior year, senior year. Like I think each and every year I learned something new about myself because of the experiences that I put myself through. I learned more from like my failures. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's a development. Like you don't expect someone to just know things right away. But I learned to like just be fine about making mistakes. And so I think that was my identity in college. Yeah, It was just like, I don't know who I am yet, but I'm just going to figure this out as I go. And I might hurt some people, but I think that at the end of the day, the people that really matter are still going to be around if, if, you know, if the relationship was really there in the first place.
0: Yeah. And hey, we're still friends. (laughs) And we're still friends. Yeah. Yeah. And in... In all the developments we've had, you know, from senior year till now, what do you think makes our friendship a good friendship to you?
1: Oh, man. I think we both genuinely care for each other.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It doesn't matter if we haven't heard back from each other for so long. It doesn't matter if we're physically apart. Um, It doesn't matter if like we're so bad at texting each other back. Just to give context to the audience, we, we don't like text each other every day.
0: No.
1: Um, and when we do text each other, it's always like the other party is always responding after like a day. Like, <laughs> we give it like maybe more to 48 hours <laughs> yeah. before we respond to each other. But like I know <laughs> at the end of the day that you genuinely care about me and there's no superficial thing about it. We do share a genuine connection with each other. I think these are things that words cannot adequately describe and Mm. it takes like you know it takes like a long time to develop that yeah and it takes a lot of conflict and confrontation too i don't think we like for example i don't think we would be like state champions or like go to nationals and place in nationals if if we didn't go through the course of so many like anxiety-ridden speech rounds you know and
0: and also i think if we didn't fight right before (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the final round I think we would we have been all right we definitely did to. fight
1: before the final round mm-hmm. I forget what it was over but I just remember being cranky
0: I remember <sighs> well I just have a very good <laughs> we were definitely it's not, not vibing with each
1: other before the final <laughs> round at all I forget what it was though
0: well you were definitely acting weird and I was like what's wrong and you're like nothing and I'm like what's wrong and then you're like nothing and then it was just a case of me asking you because I clearly saw something was wrong and then yeah. I got upset at you for getting upset at me because I thought that's what you were upset at and mm-hmm. you because you've never gotten mad at me you know yeah. in the course of our our duoship. um, so I was really annoyed and then I kind of threw a fit and then you were like what's wrong Jane And I'm like nothing's wrong <laughs> so
1: petty <laughs>
0: oh my gosh so high school
1: <laughs> so high school
0: but I remember there was an argument, like not the one yeah. before final round, but the one after we graduated. Basically, I was very annoyed with your girlfriend at the time because I just felt like from everything that you shared with me, she was really treating you so badly, like borderline abusive, emotionally abusive in my opinion. And as your friend, I hated to see You being so mistreated because I genuinely love you as a friend and I don't want to see you going through that shit, you know? Mm -hmm. So I remember we're having this conversation. uh, I think it was, was it on the phone or it was either through text, but basically you were in Las Vegas at the time with your family. And we were just texting. I was like, so why do you put up with her shit, right? And then, what did you say, Brian? It's crazy how good
1: of a memory you have, Jane. But yeah,
0: it's <laughs>
1: just slowly coming back to me.
0: And then you're like, because I love her. <laughs> I remember thinking, Brian, are you listening to yourself? <laughs> I mean, now that I've been in love, I can kind of understand that more, right? But then at the time, I hadn't been in love yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. When you said that to me, I just felt that that was so ridiculous. And I'm like, can you just say that to yourself out loud right now like just to tell yourself that you love her even though she treats you like shit? And when I say treats you like shit, that is like the least of how I can describe it. You know what I mean? At least from my perspective, <laughs> from my perspective as your friend that you confided in. <laughs> um But yeah, like I was just really pushing you to say this because I really wanted you to realize that you were in a very toxic relationship, you know? And Mm -hmm. you thought I was joking, but I wasn't joking. (laughs) (laughs) So you tried talking to me, and I was like, no, why don't you go to the bathroom in Vegas and say this to yourself out loud, and then you can talk to me?
1: Yeah, I definitely thought you were joking at that point. In my mind, I was like, Um, no, this sounds like a very stupid thing to do. Like, I don't talk to myself in the mirror and say those things. Like, I would never do that. You know, like, Mm -hmm. are you like making me out to be a fool right now? So Mm -hmm. I think I kind of took offense to that. And that definitely heightened the tension between us during that time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And we didn't talk for like two or three weeks, which is the longest we've ever gone without talking.
1: Was it that long? Dang. I mean, yeah, we are both pretty stubborn individuals when we choose to be, right? I mean, <laughs> back then, back yeah. then, like we were both pretty stubborn and hard headed. Mm-hmm. both me and you, Jane. So when we both didn't get what we want, then it's like, oh, right, cool, let's drag this out, like see who caves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but also not really, because if you think about our entire year of close friendship, we didn't argue Even during nationals, that wasn't really an argument. That was more of just, I Mm. think, fear, (laughs) basically. Yeah, Yeah, it was like
1: the nerves.
0: Yeah, and also just that this might be our final time performing, you know? But I think it says a lot for us as the stubborn people that we are in how accommodating to one another we were in our friendship that entire year, you know? Yeah. And I definitely think on like a meta level, that's very important in friendships for both sides to be giving, right?
1: We can like definitely take those nuggets that we learn, you know, like how to create and value like a meaningful friendship and we take those nuggets and apply it to like our relationships with our significant other. Because I mean, at the end of the day, it is about, for lack of a better term, like compromise. Compromise Mm. is definitely a necessity. In relationships if not friendships mm-hmm. I mean we definitely have to be accommodating to one another and like push our differences and stubbornness aside yeah you know so I mean I, th- I think that's what I learned but not what I immediately grasped when you told me like while I was in Vegas how you felt about my relationship mm-hmm. right because in my mind is like you weren't you weren't in the relationship for that long. Like you don't know what we went through. And yeah. so why should you be the one telling me what to do? Yeah. If anything, like yes, I was telling you my side of the story, but like in my mind is well, you were not getting like the three dimensional view of our relationship. Yeah. Even though like you're a great listener, you have a lot of emotional awareness. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like looking back, like you had a lot of you had a lot of emotional awareness and, and I didn't. So I was just taking it from the standpoint where it's like, you don't deserve to tell me like what to do. You can share your opinion yeah. about our relationship, but I felt that it wasn't, it just wasn't right for you to tell yeah. me what to do. You yeah. know.
0: And I definitely learned that for sure after, because for me, I had approached that, you know, as an 18 year old with the mindset of, oh, I'm just being a good friend. I wasn't thinking beyond that. I was really just thinking of trying to be a good friend to you and trying to make sure that you're safe, that you're not continuing to hurt, right? Because I think I I might have, I think there's like a delicate balance between just listening because sometimes your friend just needs to vent and then other times giving advice. But then also giving advice is different from pushing someone to realize the belief that you have, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I learned that no matter how I feel about a certain situation, in the end, your life is your life, and I can only express how much I care and how much I love you, but at the end of the day, your decision is going to be your decision, right? Mm. And I can't push you to, to do anything and say anything. And I think I, I realized that quite early on, and I'm happy I learned that so early with you of all people because now I've taken it to, you know, my other relationships and stuff.
1: I think we needed to like fight with each other. Like despite not butting heads all the time, I think we needed to like go through that emotional roller coaster of me disagreeing with you regarding hmm. your view about my past relationship, right? But like I mean, like that was you genuinely looking out for me. And maybe I didn't see it at the time, but like in retrospect, I see where you're coming from. And so I really, really appreciate that.
0: But then at what point would it be to be overstepping your boundaries as a friend? And at what point are you just being honest with your your friend? I think,
1: I think when it gets there, it will come to a point where You know, if you really value your friendship with that person at the end of the day, and you see that after sharing with you all these stories about their significant other, that like they're clearly in this toxic relationship or they're clearly doing something that is not healthy for them, that is not good for them in the long run, I think you'd be a good friend by telling them how you honestly feel Mm. about what kind of relationship that they're in. But I think. It's it's very hard to like tiptoe that line between like what's appropriate and what's not appropriate and I think when you start telling them that you can't be friends with them because you're continuing to do what I don't what I don't approve of like when you start like giving them an ultimatum at the end of the day yeah I think as a friend you don't want to be the one to like push your friend to a corner and be like if you don't do this then this is it, right? It's like well,
0: that that's the difference, right? There's a difference between being honest and then being controlling.
1: Exactly, and that's not what a friend should be. Like a friend should be there for you, but at the same time, like not enable you to like go down this deep and dark cycle of toxicity and yeah. I mean, if I were to like share something with you, like I want you to give me your honest opinion, but if you're gonna tell it to me in like a very negative, backhanded, judgmental way, then I wouldn't be as receptive to what you say. So I think a lot of what being a friend is is like just sort of
0: being emotionally
1: well. aware and how you say it, right? Yeah. It's like, it's it's very important. It's not only the things you say, but it's how you say it and how you convey it to like the other side.
0: Yeah, and I would also add that a good friend will say it because I think there's also a lot of friendships where... You know, the friend doesn't want to step on the other friend's toes. They don't actually tell them what they honestly think about a certain situation. Mm -hmm. Like if a friend is fucking up and they've definitely done something wrong, you know, and this is the opinion, not just of yourself, but you know, you know, deep in your heart that your friend is not going down a good path. I feel that as a good friend, you should be able to say that right? You should be honest about that and express that. But I definitely think it's about how you express it. And I think, yeah, that's the delicate balance that we have to walk down, right?
1: Yeah. I I definitely needed someone to tell me that because everyone else is just too nice.
0: Mm.
1: I appreciate constructive criticism at the end of the day, but... I feel like when you're doing something wrong and then someone tells you what you could work on, what you could improve on, gives you some suggestions, you know, it kind of hurts your ego. At least it hurts mine. Yeah. But I still value honesty over my pride at the end of the day, mm. even though it hurts me. I'll admit it. Like, it's it's kind of painful to like hear that, Like, oh, you got some stuff you could work on. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you could be better at this. Mm. But I mean, I, I'd rather have someone... Tell me that straight up, then like be nice about it and like not be comfortable, like risking our friendship over. Because I think that really like builds what a friendship is, right? That person who is comfortable telling you when you're doing something wrong. I I, I like that. I like that. I like that a lot because without it, like we, I don't think we would be as close as we are right now, today.
0: Yeah, that's true. Even recently in our friendship, the last, this last time that we FaceTimed, like I think it was a month ago. Or two months ago, I think it was a month
1: ago, yeah, yeah,
0: it's a month ago, but like, I felt also very happy in our friendship in that it was just funny because it's kind of paralleling what happened with that whole Las Vegas phone call thing, but the other way around this time, in that this time, I was like, Oh, but are you sure, like I feel like she really makes you happy? <laughs> you know, mm. but this time i I of course, like I didn't push that on to you either. You know, like, Brian, go chase after her. You obviously want to be with her. You know, like it's ultimately, I think, again, your life is made up of your own choices and the choices of others. And I was happy to be honest with you, to tell you how much I think she matters to you from what I saw and how happy she made you. And I didn't want you to lose that. But at the same time, I feel that in the end, this is going to be your decision, you know, And it's just funny because I feel like in a way we've kind of come back full circle and in how we've both grown in our friendship.
1: It's like taking the lessons that we learned along the way and then like sort of learning how to express how we really feel about each other without being too imposing.
0: You didn't feel like I was pressuring you or anything? No,
1: I mean, like I, I wanted your genuine and honest opinion and I got that. Right. And it definitely wasn't like that one time where it's like, Brian, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was definitely like a wake up call for me.
0: Yeah. We've really grown a lot in our nine years of friendship. I'd say so too. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, I think that a big part of why we're such good friends today, even though a part of it is the history that we've had together, all the experiences that we've had together. But to be honest, to me, history does not form a present friendship, right? Mm. I just feel that friendship regardless of history, it's also about how much time and effort you put into understanding one another in the present and how mm. you can be supportive of each other despite not, you know, keeping in touch for maybe a few months at a time, but when you guys do meet back up, how do you support each other in that time? Mm. I definitely feel that in our friendship we've had that yeah we always make time for each other you know time and time again every time we meet back up you know even if it's just for one evening that we go for a walk Mm -hmm. around the neighborhood you know for a few hours but like those few hours are just packed with meaning you know and oh
1: yeah i was gonna say like we pack a lot in our limited time to like <laughs> yeah. catch up with each yeah. other. Like there's a lot to catch up on. And I'm surprised as to like how much we could really catch up on. To me, I think that really matters. I I, I keep a really small circle of friends. Like if anything, I, I devote a lot of time to school. But besides that, I spend the remainder of my time hanging out with the people or talking to the people that really matter to me at the end of the day. And so when you told me that, you know, that you were going to come back to the U.S. Uh, I think November? Last November? Was it last November? Mm-hmm. I made sure to like set aside time for you because these are the little opportunities that I get to like finally catch up with a friend that I haven't seen in forever, but I really, really value our friendship. And so, you know, like when I think back and evaluate my friendships that I have, with well, like these people in my life currently, it's like, hmm, like, are these people worth it? I mean, it sounds like pretty calculating but it's like life is short you should only spend the time with people that truly matters to you
0: and i would say that it's not that you actually make that calculation consciously right it's not that you're actually sitting there writing down it, how much is oh, this no. person worth in my life right but it's just that you know that that person is worth something in your life. Mm -hmm. You know that that person means something to you, that they have so much value added to your life that you don't want to give that up, you know? And to make time for one another whenever you can is just so important. And actually, that's what I've realized with this whole coronavirus situation is that it's actually so easy to make time for each other. It's just that...
1: Oh, yeah, I agree. It's just taking the initiative. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... Like what truly matters in long-term consistent friendships is just taking like the present seriously, really value the present moment of catching up with each other. Mm -hmm. But like in addition to that, it helps that you're pretty open about whatever your current situation is when it comes to like your employment, when it comes to what your family life is like. So I think that also helps a lot in getting me to like open up as well.
0: Definitely it's... um... With friendships it's also about this whole vulnerability aspect of things.
1: For sure. It definitely bleeds into what a relationship should be too. Mhm. I sort of see it as like a like a flower blooming, you know, and like it's never going to bloom if you're constantly constraining it from opening mm-hmm.
0: up. I always thought of it more as like a garden. So You did I tell mean, me that. Yeah, like friendships are like a garden where you kind of plant the seeds first. And then mm. you. whenever you guys are together, it's almost like you're metaphorically in this garden together and you're mm. sowing the seeds, you're watering it. And the more time you spend there, the more it blossoms. After a while, you look around and you realize it's like a full-blown self-sustaining ecosystem in a way, but you still have to regularly check back in to make sure you know things are all right and things are maintained. But I think when you have that strong foundation... It's quite hard to break, right? Like, I feel that it's going to take a lot to have our friendship no longer be a friendship, right?
1: I think so, too. Yeah. I think so, too. I mean, like, I'm looking at it as if this is never going to end. No matter what happens, we're going to find a way to, like, circle back. We really care about each other. And so despite what is currently happening between our friendship that makes it seem severed, Mm
0: -hmm. we're going
1: to find a way to recover it. just needs a little bit of watering tender love and care, and
0: Mm -hmm. you're good to go. I mean, I definitely think it'll get harder as our lives diverge more in the sense of like, I mean, significant others, for example, you know, and when you have your own family and stuff, it does get difficult to keep up with your friends. But I know that if that ever happens for me, I still want to keep up with my friends because I know how important friendship is and how it adds value to my life and my perspective. Right? Like, I think the three pillars are family, friends, and your significant other.
1: I agree with you. Yeah. Family, friends, significant others. And you would want to try to, like, preserve each and every one of them as much as possible. Yeah, I agree with you. I think society is, like, human-driven. Yes, like, money matters, you know. But, like, at the end of the day, if you don't have your core relationships, then none of that really matters.
0: Yeah. Well, Brian, just wrapping up now, what do you suppose is the right feeling within a friendship or in how you perceive a friendship?
1: I think physiologically speaking, it's like it's like a steady heart rate. It's calm. It's like you're not anxious. You're not worried about anything when it comes to the other person. I mean, of course, when you're excited to like go out with someone. Mm-hmm. Who you've, whom you haven't, like, seen in a long time. Of course, like, your heart rate's gonna go off, right? But well, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about, like, meditate for a little bit and,
0: mm-hmm. like, think
1: about what a friendship really means to you. You're keeping steady. You're calm. You're not really worried about whether or not you're gonna, like, lose this friendship. It's just, like, a vibe, you know?
0: Yeah, it's a connection. It's, there's
1: nothing, there's no, it's a connection, for sure. Like, it's, you feel more than you can, like, put into words, The right feeling is knowing at the end of the day, like, I still got you. You know, that you're still going to be there for me. Yeah. No matter what.
0: I feel the same way. Yeah. And I actually, I'm just even happy that we can have this conversation online.
1: No, yeah. You're so far away.
0: I know. I'm a whole nine hours ahead in time zone.
1: You coming back anytime soon?
0: (laughs) To be honest, I don't think I'm coming back this year. God damn. Yeah, I just, I don't think with the like international travel it's gonna really be possible oh
1: right i forgot about that yeah at least i got to see you last november
0: Mm -hmm. um but yeah well anyway thanks very much brian for coming onto the podcast
1: no thank you for having me over
0: is there anywhere online that people can find you
1: um generally no (laughs) no i mean uh i don't know like yeah yeah I'm not
0: going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Brian. I'm going to shut Thank off you, the recording now. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that big love fest between me and Brian. Um... It's kind of funny because we don't usually express ourselves in this kind of way. Like we usually just talk about other subjects. We rarely ever talk about our friendship. So kind of going back through different memories is quite nice. And actually, I found that this session was kind of therapeutic in putting to words an understanding of the connection that both Brian and I have and just getting on the same page as your good friend. You know, I think sometimes... It's quite nice, at least for me, to to know where I stand with them. And yeah, I mean, I just feel that the biggest impact that we have is through our relationships. And friendships is definitely a big part of that, right? And so hearing how Brian also perceives our friendship and what it means to him really um, warms my heart. <laughs> um, so yeah, enough public display of affection If you've been thinking of a friend and you maybe have kind of fallen out of touch with them, but you know, you were really good friends at some point in time, hopefully you can reach out to them, maybe send them this podcast and, you know, tell them like, hey, I thought of you while I was listening to this podcast. Otherwise, you can always direct message me on Instagram, any of your thoughts, any of your feelings, and that's definitely very warmly welcomed. I honestly. I've been getting some amazing messages from you as listeners and it really makes me feel like what I'm doing is worthwhile. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, a little affection sent your way. So if you ever have any thoughts that you'd like to share, definitely, yeah, Instagram me or email me at jane, that's J-A-N-E, at rightfeeling.org. I hope that you all have an amazing, well, Okay, that's kind of hard, I can't really say that now. Given all the craziness that's happening in the world, but I still hope that in your own space, in your own niche, in your own friendship groups, in your own family, you're able to feel the right feeling despite all the craziness in the world. Yeah, second lockdown, I think, is definitely happening here in Europe very, very soon. So yeah, know that we're all also, unfortunately, in this together. I can't wait to feel the feels with you in the next episode.